welcome to the Matt Return Podcast. I'm Chaz Iboke here with my good friend, Mike Robinson. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Enjoying our weather. We're actually in a little bit of a mini heat wave, so it's uh, really enjoying it and not enjoying it at the same time. I, I, I knew when it's like an Aberdeen. You never really, you never really know what to wear. <laughs> like I've always, I've got a t-shirt, but I've also got a jumper just in case, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> so it's always like that sort of hesitation. But uh, but yeah, doing good though. And so um, that's good. Yeah, maybe we should address the elephant in the room and talk about football. It didn't quite come home, did it? Oh, you went there. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd go away with that. Uh, No, it really didn't. But in my defence, I am not like said arrogant England fan. I was quite humble about the whole situation. I thought I'm just going to wait because at the end of the day, we are playing Italy, and they are no joke. And I'd, I don't know, as an, as an England fan, I've, I've been through so many ups and downs with them, penalty shootouts, Gaza crying, Southgate missing in 96, you name it, I've seen it. And uh, I just had it in the back of my head, I'm like, are we really going to win this? Mm, mm. I don't think so. Um, no matter how much you sing, it's coming home. I, it, it just, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not happy. Well, to give you a bit of context, Scotland, we don't really have ups, <laughs> so we we, uh, we got there, which is great. Yeah, that was it. At least we were there, and to be fair to them, they played a very good game against England, and if anything, it kind of spurred England on because we realised, like, we need to up our game because mm. we were poor that game, very poor, and, Scotland, and that's not taking anything away from Scotland because Scotland made us play poor. Mm-mm. They put it on us, and I was quite impressed with them. Um, how they played so it was I think it kind of was a bit of a wake up call mm. um, it's all good though we beat Germany 2-0 and Jack Grealish did the magic so I was happy with that yeah <laughs> yeah well as a Scotland uh, happy happy for Italy for sure it was a great game um, Italy was just like early early um, early goal from Italy and England but then it's just like England were just constantly it was so tense <laughs> And watching it with my wife, who's English, is like tense. And then people's stories is just like just tension for like, oh yeah, it was a great game though. Sad for um, England as well, and also sad for um, the players because like it's just like what you don't need is young players getting aggro for representing their country, and like the amount of comments and stuff. Even so soon after, like they've just been at the biggest proving ground in in a large stage. And you know, one of them's not even twenty, and the pressure to put on them, you know, and like that—that that and that isn't—that isn't cool. And I really feel sad for them that they stepped up. They had the honour of representing England, yet they also represented a target for disgruntled people who um, took the thing out of context and think, well, in the in the last sixty years. Um, that's been the closest or the second closest to capturing national gold and that should be the focus rather than you know young not, players not only was disgusting what they they did and, and i'm i'm glad it was only a small minority like yeah. i'd rather it wouldn't happen at all obviously but the the way that the fans came out to the marcus rashford 
mural and, and, and like just shared all the positivity mm. it was great but another thing as well like you said it, it first time in like 55 60 years where we've actually got to a final and Saka was arguably one of the best players throughout the whole tournament and Sterling as well mm. Sterling probably was and for them to say what they said or it, it's just it, uh, it's just disgusting it's, mm. it's just like uh, I was so angry when I saw that. I thought, really? Mm. After everything those lads have done for our, our team and, and football, and you know, and that's how you, you want to treat them. I just thought they're, they're not fans. They need uh, they need to really be harsh with it. Mm. They can't like I get the whole kneeling down for the um, Black Lives Matter and, and things like that, but they they need to make you know pun, like punishment severe for these people. Mm. You can't just go let it go it's mm. it's a joke you can't be having that um and yeah it really boils my uh, blood when they do that because it was just yeah not not great not great so yeah and it's the first time in in almost 60 years but i was actually informed by um my wife the other day that i think it was england ladies um i think it was in 2010 2011 something around that got to a final um, but I, oh. this is the first I heard of it, so <laughs> so apparently not the first time in sixty years, but the first time for the males in sixty years. <laughs> okay, I didn't. I, I must admit, I don't follow um, women's football, so that's news to me as well. But, that, yeah, that was news um, to me. Yeah, great. Maybe I should get into the final more regularly. You know, double down the efforts. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, so um, the past weekend was a dramatic one. Football didn't come home. Then UFC 264 um, was, I think, I think I read the other day that it had the second highest pay-per-view sales in UFC history. Not surprised. But with an anticlimactic ending. Uh, so what people need to realise with McGregor is, we've, we spoke about this at length mm. before, he he brings eyes to the sport. It's it's a it's a bit like Floyd Mayweather. People pay to watch him lose, and they'll pay to watch him win. But everyone watches those fights. Mm. When he walks out to the uh, notorious, it, it's it's quite epic. Like regardless yeah. if you if you dislike him or, or, or love him, um, and he does bring a lot of energy to the sport, and he has. I'm not. I'm not even like a McGregor fanboy. I just appreciate what it is for what it is, and he he literally does bring it up another mm. level. Everyone tunes in. Hence, the pay per view numbers for all his fights are high. They're, they're massive. Mm. Um, and what he did with Floyd was ridiculous. Yeah. So, but yeah, the ending was. Uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely left a bit of a. Uh, bad taste I, I, I felt because now we don't really know what could have been because mm. the way he came out in the fight was like he was in Poirier McGregor 1 yeah, he yeah. was on the toe, he was, he was kicking the, the range was different he wasn't heavy on that front leg like he was in the second fight with where he was clearly trying to box Poirier in that second fight and Poirier just mm. kicked the absolute hell out of his calf which is a great tactic and work wonders. Um, 
but yeah, the third one, I went for the first, what was it, minute, he had the better of the exchanges on the feet. And then I don't know why he went for that guillotine. I'm, I'm not really, mm. <laughs> not really sure on why he did that. Um, <clears throat> but then this is what I was saying earlier about the the difference between the fanboys and how they obsess. Mm. I heard them saying, "Oh, Poirier was won that round 10-8. And I was like, oh, "Hold on a minute!" I was like, "What fight were you watching here?" Because McGregor was sticking his tongue out at him and and hit, pulling him down and hitting him with elbows himself. It wasn't like it was. Complete dominance. Yeah. Yes, I would. Yes, I'd score the round ten nine to Poirier because he did have top position. He did control him for the majority of the round. But to say that it was a you know ten eight, it just baffles me to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, yeah, three of the judges scored it. Ten, uh, two, two, two out of three of the judges scored it ten eight. Yeah, I find that bizarre mm. personally. But um, what I thought was interesting though was his, was his video. Today, um, well, Kavanaugh touched on it in, in his interview as well. He was the one who brought it to light, I think, about the, the stress uh, the stress fractures in his mm, yeah. in, in his shin, mm. which obviously played a massive part in the outcome of the fight because that's what ended it. Um, which was really unfortunate because I was really looking forward to round two. Yeah. Um, so. And to me, just it's not really a conclusive ending. I still, mm. I still feel like what could have happened, you know, could have been different in round two because the the start of the fight gave me glimpses to McGregor Poirier one. So mm. I'm kind of like, ooh, would it have continued like that in the second round, or would yeah. Poirier taken him down and just bullied him? I'm mm. not sure. So I have to see the I have to see number four. Exactly, <laughs> right? It's crazy because that's exactly what happened to the. Um, I mean, how many that happened with UFC 257 with um, Poirier McGregor? First round, Connor nullified um, his um, Dustin's grappling attempts, then got to the fence, reversed him in the clinch, and was controlling him there, and he's getting better at the exchange of the feet. Ten round Connor, I would have said. But then towards the end, like maybe the third through the, the, um, the second round, Poirier managed to turn the tide and get momentum, and then when you found out, when he felt that Connor was really hurt, that's when he closed the show. And so, in terms of the dominance of that fight, you would say that was maybe sixty-five percent Connor, thirty-five percent um, um, Dustin. But it was just like the the last that thirty-five was obviously more brutal because of the accumulation of the kicks. And then um, I, I was I was kind of when I when I watched it, I was like when after he because the kicks were hurting him, then he he caught two of them in a row. And then he didn't go in and, and he was like, almost like he was playing with his food. He didn't really put him in pressure against the fence. So then that allowed um, Poirier to circle back, take the center, and then unload his punches. And that's the sequences that led to the end of the fight. And uh, the one on Saturday, you saw where he went for the guillotine and it looked like he was in a good position. And I was, I was thinking, like, if his hand position was different because he did the classic grip, if his hand position yeah. moved more like this, it would have been able to be more, have put more pressure on the choke, and then even better if he managed to get his hand fully around, like a Mataliar sort of style, and that would have made it much more difficult. So he would have definitely had to back up from being on the ground to avoid that. Um, but then, so in the heat of the moment, you feel ooh a guillotine. If I can get um, Poirier with his own move, that's that's quite sweet. 
Um, but they were, they yeah. did say they were working on that kind of stuff, and and most people would think that was Connor's. No, sorry, Connor, not Connor. Um, Dustin's um, best path to victory. But um, but yeah, it's it's um, fight. You know, rounds fights can change drastically over the rounds. We saw that with um, with Chandler versus Oliveira. Um, completely yeah, turned it around in the second, time. drastically, and then he's the new lightweight champion and possibly the next opponent for Dustin Poirier. In fact, most likely the next opponent. And so, um, did you watch Theo Malley versus Matinho? Um, I think it's Matinho. Yeah, yeah. So O'Malley, I, I don't have an issue with him as such. I've got an issue with what the UFC are kind of doing with him, though. Mm. Um, I feel like they're bringing in. It's almost like a, a, an old, like a boxer, like they're padding his record a little bit. They're not stepping him up, and he needs to be stepped up. I know that guy was a like two week replacement. You know, fair enough, mm. it is what it is. But I just thought, oh, you literally brought a human punch into the octagon. Mm. And Moutinho was was as tough as as you got. But I actually agreed with the stoppage. Yeah. Because. I just thought, I don't need to see Moutinho rendered unconscious for my entertainment to know that's the end of the end of the fight. I thought, he, he took 200, uh, was it? 100? Obscene, 200. yeah. Yeah. Over 200 oh, punches. Oh. He couldn't miss. He just couldn't miss. Um, and Moutinho couldn't move his head. No, he, he, I couldn't believe it. He was just like straight. And I was like, whoa. And, and he was lucky in the first, I think it was the end of the first round, where he got dropped, mm. and I thought, oh, this is it, it's, it's done. Um, but somehow he, mm. he managed to get through that. But, yeah, o- O'Malley, he's, I do like him, to, I do like his style, I watch him, and he's, he's very technical, and he's, he's a gifted fighter, but I, I do want to see him in with someone else um, with a little bit more calibre that's going to, challenge him a bit more. I'd, I'd quite like to see him against Cheeto again in that rematch. Yeah, I was about to say Cheeto Vera. He, um, yeah, he was at higher caliber, more experience, and um, and he yeah. stopped him. He d- still doesn't like to say that he lost, but he definitely lost. He did lose. He, yeah. had, he, he definitely lost because um, he checked the kick. He, he, he checked that kick. As much as O'Malley wants to, you know, go and get high and ignore it, um, mm. Chio Vera checked the kick and, you know, his foot, I don't know what happened with it, with the nerve or what, but he did get yeah, stopped. Yeah, those calf so. kicks as well. That is just, that damaged. Mm. But yeah, and so that that was crazy. That, that I think I got um, fight of the night. It was a good fight. It was oh, a good yeah. fight. It was great. I was, I was so wanting, I saw what Matinho to win. I was like, ah, oh, come on, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was a very just stoppage and where the moment where is you know, like the thing is like yeah I, I don't really want to talk about this here but Joe Rogan's commentary kind of makes you think that the referees don't know what they're doing when he disagrees with them um, but yeah, you know that fight could I have been stopped that, earlier yeah. but then the it was the combination with the clean combination which he landed which is like okay that's an, it was like must have been like three or four one was an uppercut and and it was just like three or four unanswered heavy shots and it's like okay you know and it's not un- it's just like, because he didn't uh, fall to the ground doesn't mean it doesn't have to be stopped, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like you know you can go back to the Roman times, the gladiators. It's almost like just cheering for blood just for the the sake of it. You don't you, you don't need it, do you? Yeah. Like, he, he was sadly beaten. He wasn't going to do anything in that fight. 
you know, I could have, I could have bet my house that Moutinho wasn't going to do anything to O'Malley in that last round, and I probably would have won, you know, easy. So it was, it was a bit, yeah, it's just, it was just daft. But, I don't, I don't understand. And, and like you say, Rogan saying you should have finished on his feet. You know, why, why does he need to be a hero? He's already done it. Exactly. He just took exactly. a beat, two rounds. Yeah. He doesn't need that. You don't need to go out on your shield all the time. It's, mm. um, yeah, there's something very bizarre about that, I think. Because in boxing, that would have been stopped, I think. Yeah, for sure. But did you notice so, that um, O'Malley was getting tired? He was. He was. He Because he, that constant pressure, and he's on his back foot the whole time. And, and that was also a problem as well, why he couldn't, couldn't mm. stop it. He couldn't actually plant his feet to land the power shots. So he was kind of like popping the jab, popping the cross, and he mm. couldn't quite sit onto them because obviously Moutinho's coming forward. So I don't know whether he maybe should have been a touch braver and just planted his feet and finished the fight. I'm not sure. Or he was yeah, just a tough one, isn't didn't it? have the energy. But people like Sean yeah. Miley don't put themselves in danger for putting themselves in danger's sake. That's not what makes him yeah. what he is. It's he's a he's that yeah. kind of sniper and he's kind of like he tricks you and he lulls you to stay still so you can hit he can hit you. <laughs> and so Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then Matinho was just not That's staying still, it was just constant like, you know. <laughs> and then to the, between rounds he was just like his corner were just like uh Go, you can do this championship, championship. You know, like you can do this, like you can do, you, championship gas and all that. And then he like collapsed on his back after it was um, declared a TKO. So it's like, man, <laughs> glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> he was really like the Terminator. <laughs> Those guys can come back to haunt you. I must admit, a fourth and fifth round could have been interesting, like you know, mm. based on O'Malley's engine. But yeah. um, I, I still couldn't see him losing it because he probably and his output would be a lot less out of magic because he's not stupid he's a smart mm. um, he's a smart fighter yeah. most of them are these but I feel that they are trying to mould him into the new McGregor almost it's like the McGregor model with mm. O'Malley they, but they're trying to bring him on a little bit so you know that's going to be the next cash cow if uh, Connor calls it quits but True. Um, it's, it's interesting yeah. though I, I don't know how you'd go in that bantamweight division because we've spoke about it before there's plenty of guys in there mm. that would uh, be given more than enough to deal with yeah I think so um, like Sterling yeah Sterling would be interesting just purely for the wrestling yeah yeah I that's going to be a, that's a hard night for anyone yeah I do, I'm a big fan of Pierre Yan and uh, Sterling I didn't yeah. want to say this earlier but I did notice that Sterling, the footballer Sterling, was a bit of a diver, and um, <laughs> we have, and then we have Sterling, the current bantamweight champion, who, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like that in, in 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 football at all. I don't like the diving. Oh, I hate, um, it. hate it. I thought we, I thought there maybe should be a penalty earlier, and then when this one got given, I thought, surely, because I don't really understand how VAR works, I've kind of missed that, that boat on how it works. Mm. I thought, surely if he's dived, it's not going to be given. If it's and a clear if it's a clear thought, referee mistake, I think it is. If it's a clear referee mistake. Uh, and so then you'll reverse the yeah. decision. Ah, uh, right. But, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, it was a bit of a, yeah, I don't like that really, mm. to be honest. I don't really like dive, diving. But then in the final, we got our, our uh, comeuppance really, like, Cellini or whatever 
pulled on sack and nearly, you know, took him out of the game. Uh, there was a few, there was a few tackles, but the Italians got, and I just thought, well, you know, if we cheated our way in here, then you got to kind of take your, your licks and be done with it. That's yeah, my thoughts yeah. on it. I had no, I had no complaints when the Italians did that to us. I thought you can't, you can't uh, have your cake and eat it. So yeah. But back to UFC 264, the Slyer, um, Connor Sly hooking a Dustin's gloves, and then to pull him yeah. down the top kicks. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't cheating, you're not it's trying. Smart, <laughs> it was smart. He's, he's not, he's not dumb. Well, one thing I want to though um, is his toughness, mm. because we've seen, we've both seen Weidman, we've seen Anderson when those those really horrible breaks happen, and they're on the floor and they're getting air and they're in a lot of pain. Mm. Connor's sitting there and he's just abusing Dustin and, and his wife. He's literally <laughs> setting up the next fight. I don't know what he's made of, but he, he's, he's tough because th- that break was brutal. It was. And he's sitting there and he's just, I don't know if the adrenaline of it maybe, but he, mm. even then, like Weidman's not exactly, you know, not a tough guy. And neither Silva, they, all these guys are gladiators in there and you've got to mm. respect them for what they do. Um, but Connor, I just couldn't believe it. he's just sitting there shouting at Dustin, and and he's like, I boxed the head off him, and you know, and you're like, Wait, you know, it's just madness. Box the blue um, ears off him. <laughs> yeah, it was just I couldn't believe how he's just sitting there and after his foot. I thought maybe it's just a sprain, but then obviously you watch it back again, and you're like, oh no, he yeah. snapped that. Mm. Like, and he's sitting there just having a. A shouting match with everyone. I don't know. Oh goodness! That's uh, cut from different cloth, I think. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, let's. It's only a small percentage of the world do that, and uh, and I'm I'm quite glad for that because, you know, orthopedics would be raking the money in even more than they already do. <laughs> so <laughs> it's yeah. it's very good. But um, but yeah, it was a good event, and uh, and definitely looking forward to the next one. Um, there's I think there's one I can't remember who's on the. Um, on Bill this weekend, I think it's Mo- Moises and um, Malkachev. I think it is um, doing the UFC fight. Yeah. They're they're headlining, so it's going to be. Khabib really Prodigy, good. so that should be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And so today we're talking about returning to training, um, and um, what I wanted to talk to you is because you're very knowledgeable and a good friend of mine, and uh, I just wanted to hear your takes about you know how did you get into being a personal trainer, and you know like how how are you finding it. So, well, you, you know my history of going yo-yoing up and down in weight, and um, I've always struggled with food intake and gaining weight and, and things like that. And I know how hard it is to lose it. Hmm. Um, and I'm quite lucky because I've always had a, a good sporting background from when I was younger, when I used to play a lot of football. And so I, I quite like exercise. Well, I love exercise. Um, so for me, I, I got to a point when I was backpacking around Australia and I, again, ballooned up in weight. I wasn't exercising. I was just, you know, enjoying the traveling lifestyle and, you know, drinking and eating and just overindulging, really. And we'd kind of settled in Brisbane. And my friend, he, in his apartment, they had a gym. And he's, he's, he was a real good runner. And... Um, I went to hit the, they had a punch bag. So he was running on the treadmill and I went over to the punch bag and I hit like a five punch combination. And I was gassed. 
And I was like, this is embarrassing. This is ridiculous. How have I gone to this? Because obviously we, we trained at AMAG all those years ago. Yeah. And, you know, that's well, 12 years now. And boxing's like massive part of my life, martial arts, as we've just spoke about. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, right, I've got to lose some weight. So I started again losing some weight. And then I thought, I, I could probably help people do this. And I've always liked the idea of working for myself. Because um, mm. I've had some pretty poor bosses in the past when I was in the, uh, the car trade. And I didn't really like how I was spoken to. And mm. I don't ever want to be spoken that way again. Because, yeah. I won't go into that, but anyway, so I thought I want to work for myself, and and I saw these adverts about be a personal trainer, and da, da, and it was a bit of a bit of a chance, really. So I went and did did the course, and Kerry was like my my other half. She was like, "You better stick to this because it's it's a lot of money. If you if you if you don't like it, you know that's a lot of money down the pan." I said, "No, no, I'm going to give a give a good go," and um, I ended up doing doing the course, and I ended up winning the the best uh, trainer for the like the whole class. I've got the um, the champion award and wow. and stuff like that. So I really I really like excelled at it, um, and I, I just loved it. And I found it, you know, just something different. And I enjoy, I enjoy helping people. I'm quite a people person. And um, and then I, I went and started at, at the this gym, and then I've just never looked back. Really, I just enjoy the conversation with and helping them and you can really see when people are struggling with certain things and, and mm. because I've got that relatability with a lot of them you know I wasn't born a bronze Adonis like a lot of PTs who go in there mm. and you know they're 5% body fat and look like Arnold mm. for you know Susan who's 35 who's just had three kids how can she relate to that guy mm. and she's not really going to relate to me either but at least I can say well look I've been overweight I know what you're kind of going through. Like, let's start with these steps, and we'll we'll, we'll build and take our time, you know, to get there. Um, so I've done quite well in that aspect. Um, and yeah, well, that's six years now I've been doing it. So, wow. and my style, I've kind of moved away a little bit from more, you know, fat loss training. I went down the kind of powerlifting route, which you've probably seen a lot of. Just um, squat, bench, and deadlift. So it's a lot of like strength, mm-hmm. strength work, and I still kind of kept the boxing up a bit as well. Never, never stopped, but it just wasn't the uh, the focus. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment. It's been a struggle with with COVID, um, big impact on businesses because obviously they shut everyone down. I know in the UK they shut you guys down a lot longer than what we got, but. Um, it's it's basically just scared a lot of people, so people mm-hmm. don't want to be in these enclosed spaces, and yeah, um, which to me is bizarre because the more metabolically healthy you are, the more chance you have of, of dealing with illness anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, to me, I find it bizarre that they they stop people doing it and they kept you know like Burger King's open and McDonald's open, but they closed gyms like. You know, a guy who can't walk up a hill who gets out of breath is going to have a real hard time if he gets COVID compared to, say, me or you mm. who train regularly. Um, we'd be able to deal with it a lot, a lot better, unless we're really unlucky genetically somehow. But 
you know, is what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't understand it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, it is what it is. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so like that's that's where um one of the one of the reasons where um you know wanted to start doing these things because like everyone is now being tarred with that same brush certainly in the western world anyway where like life is is completely slowed and almost in a sense shut down and so healthy routines and rhythms what have you have just been grinds to a halt and people almost have to actually people do have to reinvent and so in terms of like fitness where you can't go to gyms and you have to do a lot more from the home and most people's homes aren't really cut out for having a gym in them and even with equipment yeah. and all that it can be really challenging so um how have you kept yourself i know like you have equipment and stuff as well but like you know how have you kept yourself healthy um, and having a healthy rhythm life during the pandemic so for, for myself I, because the the way i looked at it was like they took everything from me when they locked us down for that mm. four months and i thought right i need to focus my energy into something else and and when you saw me obviously i was quite heavy from all the powerlifting so I was like, right, I, I want to do something different. So I really got into rowing and like conditioning work, started bringing the boxing back in. And, and I just basically put all my energy into, into training again, um, but doing things differently, focusing on something different. Because mm. I, I am one of the lucky ones. I, I have a home gym that I built because I love exercise. Um, I had it already, you know, done well before the pandemic. So I wasn't in a rush to to get equipment and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just turned the negative and just tried to focus my energy into into something else. And, uh, you know, it went, it went pretty well. It went pretty well. Um, lost a good 10, 12 kilos. Nice. Um, I don't, yeah, so it, it, went, it went pretty good. Mm. So it just depends. You kind of have to, don't get me wrong, I sat there for, for a few days feeling sorry for myself and I thought, well, you're not helping anyone here by doing that. You need to mm. kind of pull yourself out of this and and uh, and do something for for myself. So that, that's what I did. And in terms for clients, um, that was difficult because I wasn't allowed to train people at the home gym either. Mm. That was banned. I would have got fined. I think it was like nearly thirteen, fifteen thousand dollars if somebody. Goodness. So it wasn't worth the the, the risk. Mm. And the way everyone lived, and where I am, it's quite a, a big city. There's quite a lot of people here, and it's um, well spread out. So I had people like on the north side, south side, east side. It's, it's a good distance. So trying to get everyone to a park was pretty much impossible. And then obviously have the element of fear at the time because it was very early in the in the pandemic. So people were very like, oh, you know, don't want to don't want to leave the house, which is totally understandable at that mm. time. So I did uh, like Zoom Zoom workouts with people, um, so, and you had to be really kind of creative, you know, like load up backpacks with tins of food and as weight, and you know, and you'd add uh, you'd add like to make the exercise more difficult, you'd add tempos, so like three seconds lowering phase you know, one second up just to make the exercise a bit more challenging. So say for like a, a split squat or a lunge, you'd have like a three second lowering down and then, you know, coming up just to make it a little bit more harder so the muscles work and that little bit harder. 
because we didn't have any other way of adding any kind of progressive overload because they were very limited with what they had. Mm. So I had to do that with a lot of stuff. Like really just try and make workouts interesting. You know, I went on YouTube because obviously my knowledge is, is, is good level, but you, you can't, I'm not a complete exercise library. So I, you know, I had to go on and do a bit of research and find certain body weight exercise and, and, and build these kind of programs for people to, to do at home and mm. find out what they had available. Some had, you know, resistance bands, some had a couple of dumbbells. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what we had to do. Um, and then eventually the, the gyms opened. So it's, it's been very slow, very, very slow. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's reminding of a thought I had when, uh, when it first got announced, the lockdowns and stuff got announced in the UK and Boris, he gets on. And he's saying, oh, yeah, we're going to have to, you know, stay at home, protect the NHS. And the thought I had was uh, at the end of this, people are going to be really fat, really skinny or really ripped. And uh, it's just like a thought yeah. that came to my mind. And and then I've seen, you know, like in terms of like the people I meet to are mostly church people and and, um, and a lot of other people as well. A lot of people have put on weight and there's other people that have maybe, maybe if they used to do exercise or whatever, maybe gone down in weight maybe me slightly um and then also there's people that have completely like you're saying have reinvented have turned this negative into a positive and um and made way to do certain things um and and even like redefined like how like there's there's certain things which people may have found important and then there's other things which they've discovered during the lockdown which are maybe even better for them but they just maybe needed the distance to be able to evaluate properly and then to see what um, working habits and and that kind of thing can work better and and, and I found in, in different areas where like that's um, been um, quite handy in terms of like the home stuff like like you're saying like I, I did um, a bit of research and um, to see what I can do to try and you know to keep some kind of um, good, um, exercise and fitness because you know as you know me like I, I did most of my conditioning work and strength work doing you know martial arts training but then with that with less of that available, I had to do more stuff around body weight stuff. And I even like when you're talking about putting tins of food in the backpack, I actually have this old school backpack that still exists from my school days. And I filled it with, um, um, like bottles of water. And so that's like basically like a 10 kilogram rucksack, which I put on and I have like, as a, like a sandbag sort of thing. And that's the only kind of weight I have right now. And I can do like swings and stuff with it as well. And, yeah, you uh, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. It's, it was difficult. It was difficult. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. you adapted. But yeah, it's just, it's one of those things you had to do, but then, but then I can imagine there are some clients who, no, because like, I don't know what it's like. You give them like homework or things to do, but is there any like advice you particularly give them? You know, your clients um, over lockdown. Any advice that you um, give to make them or help them make the the most of this time? Um, try and keep some form of a routine. But a lot of them had work anyway, so for them it was just a case of they'd get up and they'd. If obviously it was, it was different, they didn't have the commute, but they would. Um, they were going to work it to some extent, so they had that routine. But, but um, in terms of exercise, I, you know, I'd, I'd say to them try and you know get outside, and, and because staying inside 
isn't great for you. Um, you know, I don't know what it is, mental health-wise, especially for myself. Like, I like to see the sun. I like to go out and, and have a walk, and, and it, it, it gen- generally makes me feel, feel better. So I'd say to them, you know, like, get your steps up. Because that's exercising without actually really trying, in my mm, opinion. Like, yeah. you know, a, a, bit, a bit of a walk. Um, and it just keeps, you know, yourself ticking over a little bit more. And then, you know, if you are eating that bit more at home, you know, at least you're doing something, you're walking. Because, again, because you're not commuting, your activity levels is going to be way down. Because when you commute to work, you walk to work, you get the bus, you get the train, you get the car. You walk around to the office, you go out for coffee, whatever you're doing, you're a bit more active. Whereas at home, you just you sit in front of the screen like we're doing now and you don't move for eight hours. Your hips are tight. So, again, what we touched on earlier in our chat before this, um, like, you know, stretching and things, trying to keep yourself a bit more mobile as well. Mm. Because sitting down eight hours a day, you're in that locked position where your hips are just tightening up. You're not doing anything. So... Walking, stretching, some some movement was always mm. very much encouraged. Yeah. And then if they were doing the workouts with me, then that's that's a you know I could see what they were doing. Um, mm. You know, torture them for that hour or whatever it was. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was always a good thing to do. But some some of them, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, some of them went into their shell and, and that was it for them. And I've mm. not seen them again. Um, that's to be expected. It's kind of part of the business sometimes. Um, some of, it was just a good excuse for them to not exercise. And there are people like that, um, which I totally get. They just used it as a great reason to, all right, I don't want to go to the gym anyway. I'm, this is a great reason not to. But, you know, they hate exercise. They're not like us where we, you know, we love martial arts. We love training. They detest it. For them, it's an absolute chore to go to the gym. Mm. You know, and that's where I come in. That's why I, you know, I have a job really sometimes. Um, but some of them just, you know, they just wanted to throw the towel in and um, and that was that. Mm. Other people were good and, you know, helped them through it as much as you could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally just, just checking in with them, seeing how they are as well. Like, you know, mental health checks always good. Just how you going, blah, blah, blah. You, you've done this today. Have you done that? You know, how's, how's food going? Are you stuffing your face on crisps and chocolate? Or are you, you know, eating a bit better and things? <laughs> so stuff like that was, was definitely helpful. Um, but yeah, everyone, I think everyone found it tough. Mm. You know, you guys had it way worse than us. I was, you know, we were out for a long time and you guys were all locked up and it was just constant. And um, yeah, I felt sorry for you, you guys over there. Yeah, it's like, um, has been one of those things which is just like a constant, like, you know, when will this be over? But when, what you're, you're talking about there, like checking up on people is, is, um, is so key because, you know, like, certainly when you get older, when you're an adult, you think, you just kind of go through life and you kind of think you're doing the right thing by just, you know, just, just doing what you're doing. But it's those little checks, how are you doing, have you done this? And have you, you know, have you, you know, exercise, how you, how's your mind space and all that sort of stuff. And it's kind of like how... Um, you see athletes like boxers and MMA fighters, they all have cornermen and a lot of what they tell them is stuff they already know but you know when the pressure's yeah. hit it's so handy to have those reminders of okay have you done this, no okay okay let's let's get back to doing that and it's, it can make all the difference just people around us to help us 
think about the things which we should be thinking about rather than getting distracted or discouraged or even bored. Um, and then they keep us on track so well. And so, yeah, it's really cool that you do that as well. And you look after it and not just their physical shape, but, you know, just checking where they are mentally too. It's really cool. That's, that's something else with the, with the PT stuff. Like I generally care about the, my clients as well. It's not a case of, um, you know, just God, as long as I'm getting paid, I'm, I'm all sweet and happy. I do take a genuine interest in the person. I get to know them. A lot of them I've become friends with as well. So when they do leave, I, at first I used to take it a little bit personally, which was, is in a way unprofessional, but it's because I, you get attached to people. Mm. But now I just kind of have to go, okay, that's fine. There's no animosity towards that person. I don't dislike that person. It's just the way of, of, of the world business. Um, but you do get attached to them and you do like them and you do try and help them as best you can. And like I go out, I go out my way, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of the times for them, um, mm. which I think, I think is a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's worthwhile and it, you know, an extra 10 minutes here or, you know, a chat here or finding them a bit of information on this, blah, blah, blah. Um, just things like that. It, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. It's really good, man. It's really cool. Also makes me want to be a personal trainer as well. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, you'd be good with it because obviously you do obviously your pastor type work, um, and you're helping people there. You'd be able to you'd be able to do it um, really well, I'd imagine. You know, as long as you you can listen to people, which you do, and help them. It's just the application of the studying and understanding. You know, certain exercises and training regimes and things. You know, but. If, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's, mm. it's, it's a tough gig, though. It is a tough gig. Like, it's hard to keep clients and keep getting clients and maintain it. That's the only thing, you know, mm. you don't get. Because when clients leave, that's me taking a pay cut each time. Yeah. Because it's your yeah. own, isn't it? Um, so that, that's the hard part of it. Mm. That can be mentally training. I'm not going to lie. That can be. <laughs> that's the other part of, of with COVID, it's been tough because I had a certain level of income and I was like, yeah, this is great, I can do this. And you can plan your life, you know, what you want to do, and, you know, house, car, or if you want to go on holiday, things like that. But when COVID came, it was like, okay, I've taken a 40% pay cut, which is, you know, not ideal. Mm. And you have to reorganize, reshuffle things and kind of make things work out and come up with another plan. So that was another challenge as well, mm. um, which most people won't, unless you've got your own business, like small businesses. Um, if you're employed, you don't probably won't feel that pinch, but the small businesses do, which is, which makes it a little bit tougher at times. Mm. Um, yeah, you just got to kind of focus on the positives and just keep, keep moving forward as best you can really. Yeah. And the focusing on the positives through what you're talking about, a lot of small businesses, um, have been um, quite challenged in this time for sure. And, um, and even in that challenging time, like you're saying, like having, having people around you to, to help you kind of like refocus your energies again and, uh, through, you know, what you're doing as a personal trainer and through, through all of us being just, you know, related to people and, and knowing people, it helps so, so much and to stay active. Um, it's, it's been one of the things which I've helped also with boredom, <laughs> like just being, staying active yeah. just helps so, so much. But then, yeah, when you're talking there about. Um, the you know all the stuff in terms of how much personal trainers have to know like there is a lot of stuff on up there and you know 
it's helpful to have somebody at least in the um in the industry not in the industry but like well, related to the industry they kind of help you not doing the wrong stuff or taking on too much because there's there's personality types out there that just want to just kind of like say yes i'm going to get in shape and then they put all their eggs in that basket end up injuring themselves and it's not something that's sustainable but having somebody in the note at least glean from and say oh okay if this is about long-term health then i'm going to commit to a long-term process and to go along with that and not having any undue expectation or undue pressure but knowing that it's a long journey for life and to take that in its stride i think is definitely something which um you know people like yourself and also just people who um are familiar with you know, wise training in general can definitely help with that for sure but um but yeah, this has been a, a great conversation we've been going for um about 45 minutes but um is there any um, cl- um closing thoughts you have anything that you want to um to leave the listeners with or just to to end on um just like people were you know returning to training i'd probably touch on mm. you know just what you were saying there about um um you know looking at the the bigger picture like the long longer run you know everyone were coming out of, of the lockdown just think about you know taking your time mm. don't think about where you were think about where you're currently at don't beat yourself up about it certain things have been taken out of your hands and just go slow to begin with it won't take long to get back to um to where you were so when i broke, broke my ankle and stuff with my injury i was it, it pretty much prepared me pretty well for for covid mm. because i couldn't do anything with my injury which was i find very frustrating so when the pandemic came and i couldn't do certain things i was like okay well take my hands i can't do much i'll just take my time and do what i can Mm. And I think that's what, you know, especially you guys, is when you've gone back to full contact training and things like that, take your time with your warm-ups, do the extra shrimps, do the extra roll, you know, rolling, just kind of really slow it down. And don't expect to be doing what you, you did prior to the lockdown. Um, and, yeah, that would be one thing I'd be saying to a lot of people in terms of advice for for coming back to to training, just just slow everything down and um, focus on the angle, not where you were. You know, just to slow it down. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Mike, where can people find you on social media? Uh, what is it, Mike Robinson Strength on Instagram? You tell me. <laughs> I know it is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At Mike Robinson Strength on Instagram and pretty sure it's the same on facebook as well but facebook i don't i'm not as active on it for some reason it doesn't seem to share my instagram stuff so i need to fix that so oh, um, yeah you yeah. can yeah it's, that's an easy fix <laughs> yeah I need, I need to fix it um yeah and you can see all my silly lifting and boxing and whatever on there great great good stuff well again thank you for um joining mike and we'll definitely um do this again for sure Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's been good. Thank you for all joining in. And yeah, we'll see you in the next one.